thank you for choosing to listen to Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit. You are still with me, Jenna Lee Belong, and this Bazawani is elevated. I'm now very, very blessed to introduce to you a woman that is beautiful. She is strong. She is intelligent. She is really um, a very, very influential young black South African woman, and she's above all else a daughter of God. I told you earlier, I'm talking about the Kanye Zungu. She was recently um, shown out as one of Malan Guardian's top 200 young South Africans. She is a successful entrepreneur. I say that because she's not just an entrepreneur. No, no, no. She is successful. She is a corporate attorney, a speaker, an evangelist, a philanthropist, and so much more. Kanye, thank you so much for your time and welcome to Elevated. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Sure. (laughs) As you read the list, I'm like, sure, it can only be by the grace of God. I just wanted to ask you, what does it feel like um, when you hear people introduce you to be called one of uh, the top young South Africans of 2021? Uh, What goes through your mind when you hear all of this? To be honest, a lot goes through my mind, but I think it's just the grace of God. And I think I'm just like, sure, is that me? You know, you always see yourself, especially before God, I always say, you know, the trick is to always be a child to God. He's your Abba Daddy. So I'm a child to God. You know, I'm just little old Kanye. And when I hear that, I'm like, sure, it can only be by the grace. Because I know I'm not that, I know I'm not that intelligent in the flesh. It can only be a supernatural wisdom, supernatural grace, and supernatural covering that can bring about that um, achievement. So it really, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's really a testament of the goodness of God. Amen. Take us back to where that grace of God has brought you from. People might know your glamorous Instagram page or your social media. They might read about you in newspapers, in magazines. But where did the grace of God fetch you from? Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) You know, we all have a story. We all have a story. So I was born and bred in Pietermaritzburg in KwaZulu-Natal. I studied, my parents were both teachers. I genuinely do not know <laughs> where they could afford those uh, high school tuitions from. I went to a really good um, girls, all girls high school. And then I had to go to university. I remember my mom calling me into the room, into my bedroom. Well, you know, the house isn't that big to have in my own bedroom, but me and my sister's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And she said, look, you know, your sister is still in university. Both your sisters are still in university. We genuinely do not know how we will me and your dad will be able to take you through university. But what I'll do, I'll cancel a few policies, uh, investments I had put here and there. It's not much, but at least if we can pay a deposit, then we'll just see where, you know, God will take us. At the time, we were staunch Methodists at home, you know. So, you know, we, we trusted God, you know. We didn't at the time have the full revelation, but we trusted God. There's always been that spark of Christ in our hearts. So we said, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll leave it to God. Then a cousin of mine once came to our house, I think about a week or so after the conversation with my mom and said, look, 
ESCOM is looking to provide full uh, academic bursaries to people who did really well, matriculants who did really well, who got six distinctions and above, I, I, I propose you, you apply, you know, but it's for engineering students. So at the time, I was sure I wanted to do my LLB. I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Since I saw there was a legal wise advert, Woman of God, I don't know if you'll remember it, um, where there's a man pestering this woman and the woman says, don't talk to me, talk to, talk my, to lawyer. my lawyer. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. and the lawyer is wearing black shades, a black robe, black suits, uh, um, pulling a black briefcase. And I was like, oh my word, I want to be this lawyer, you know? So I've always wanted to be a lawyer. It's always been in my heart. I've always been, I'm not going to say an eloquent speaker because that came with the grace of God, truly. You know, I wasn't, I was very... Um, I don't say argumentative, but I will debate the life out of you, but I've not always been so eloquent. So anyways, I've always wanted to be a lawyer and this bursary was for engineering students. Anyways, I applied. I applied in faith, just saying, ah, we'll see what happens. Anyways, time goes by. It's now January, you know, we need to pay deposits for me to start my uh, career into the legal field. Um, well, at least my LLB. So then I receive a call from ESCOM. They say, we would like to offer you a full bursary for the four years. Now in LLP is four years in university. I'm ecstatic. I scream. Then I'm like, no, hang on. I am doing law. I'm not doing engineering because I was a bit nervous that they might say, uh, oh, sorry, we thought you're doing engineering. And I said, no, we know we're well away. And we know you won't pay it back. And we know because the idea with fully funding engineers is that after the duration um, of, of um, their studies, they'll come and work for ESCOM. So now as a lawyer, I can't, after my studies, I can't really, there is no scope to work at ESCOM. So they said, no, we're just doing this as a, we don't know why actually, but we just felt we need to award you with this. You don't have to pay it back. And so then became, began my LLB studies, you know. Now I loved, I loved, I loved going out. I loved fun. I loved having fun. I, like any other child, you know, I really enjoyed being out there, being with friends, etc. you know, but God, I, I always knew, offer God, offer Jesus, but I never really had a personal relationship with him at the time. I remember then first year 20, uh, I can't remember the years, but it, 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 my first year went well, I passed well, everything went well. Then in my second year, I broke my leg. I broke my leg in a freak accident. Lord knows how that even happened. Um, and I couldn't write my exam. So then I pushed, I prayed, you know, and the trick was if I take painkillers, I won't be able to study. So then I wouldn't take painkillers so I can study. And then I'd been excruciating pain. I remember this one exam I wrote, I was in tears. You know, the examiner came and said, the invigilator came and said, are you okay? You know, they had given me a separate room to write in because obviously I was hurt. I had a huge cast from literally my toes up to my knee. And I was just saying, I am in pain. And they're like, take painkillers. And I'm like, no, I will literally fall asleep. You know, so that happened in 2012, I think 2012 or 2011, my second year. And by the grace of God, I still did well. I managed to write my exams eventually, and I did pretty well. The following year, again, around exam times, now I had broken my right leg the previous year. The following year, I break my left leg around the same time, exam time. Again, excruciating oh pain, same story, exactly. And th there was just something so sinister and diabolical about it. I can't even explain it. You know, it was always with freak accidents and something that's really strange. In any event, I, I went to, I decided, you know what? 
I want to go to church more. I want to know the Lord more. Mm -hmm. Something has to give. You know, I was desperate. I needed something to happen. I, I just truly felt this can't go on every exam time. Something tries to destabilize me. You know, whilst I was in high school, I suffered from severe migraines. Uh, that would put me in hospital. So I just felt so that my health has always been very volatile. And I felt something has to give. In any event, I went to one of my, it's a full gospel church. My cousin goes there. She had invited me. I went there a couple of times, you know. And I remember um, the man of God who was preaching at the time was Apostle uh, Zomo from Durban, from CFCI. And at the time, I didn't know him. So he preached. And all I remember is him just saying, just come to Jesus. You are just tired you are just tired. Life is kicking your butt. You know, you are, you may be sitting there, you're a young person, you're experiencing life, you are doing worldly things, and you are just feeling overwhelmed. Just come to Jesus, come as you are. And that's the first time, woman of God, I, I heard Jesus being presented as a come as you are and let me heal you, as opposed to you fix yourself, fix yourself, then approach Jesus, you know what I mean? Mm. For so long, I have been taught that you must package yourself, try to be perfect, try to be good, you know, dress well, be neat, and just even on the inside, make sure if you are still having bad thoughts, don't even try and approach God for God is holy, you know. But for the first time, I heard a gospel that says, No, you've gone through a lot, come to Jesus, let him cleanse you, you know. Mm. So I gave my life to Christ, and from there, on, you know, a lot of curses were broken. I, I stopped breaking legs for starters. Um, <laughs> and I completed my degree in record time, you know, and that's really where my journey began. And then I don't know if we have enough time to just then chat about my training after that. So then I went to articles. I was signed by one of the uh, large law firms in Africa that was based in Sanson at the time. Sure, I was exciting, excited. I was leaving home. You know, they were like, the child is going to be a lawyer. Everybody's excited. Mm. Um, until I got there and man. <laughs> so after your LLB, you need to do two years article, to put it plainly without complicating it. You need to do two year articles, which is really legal training practicals before you are admitted as an actual attorney of the high court of South Africa. So those two years kicked my butt. You know, and they kick everybody's, but they are difficult. Mm. I remember I would wake up at four. I have to be at work by six. I'd, I'd work, work, work up until about 6 p.m. And then we had PLT, which is further studies that um, you need to do before you're admitted. And that would take me until 9 p.m., 9 p.m., sure. half past nine. Then I'd drive home, get home around half 10, try prepare a meal um, and sleep around 11, 11 p.m try pray read the word by this time it's midnight then i sleep four hours then it's four o'clock again and i have sure. to wake up it was ridiculous it was a lot of crying a lot of tears you know a lot of my colleagues actually dropped out they were like we actually we're not meant for this you know mm -hmm. but i couldn't really drop out if i could i probably would have but you know back home things weren't looking good and mm -hmm. i needed to really commit and god had said to me you will be an admitted attorney. You will climb the mountain of government one day using mm. the influence of law. And God had already given me the vision. So I knew that if he has given me the vision, he'll give me the grace to sustain yes, me. And yes. indeed, there was enough grace to just sustain me throughout the journey. I was admitted as an attorney. I was retained in the law firm. And yeah, I was a practicing attorney. 
Um, as time went, I focused in the mining um, industry, and then I worked for a mining company. I headed up their legal division. At the age of 26, I was actually the youngest uh, legal executive in the country wow. by the grace of God. And I could see the word that God had spoken, that wow. you will be influential. You will, at, even at your young age, you will influence using laws. Just that I know people say, okay, you're a lawyer, you're an attorney. Okay, no, that's just the tool God has given me yes. to cause influence to bring people into the kingdom of God. You know, someone won't listen to me if I say, ah, I struggled through school, I dropped out, you know, but if I say, no, I stayed there, grace sustained me, I am actually a successful attorney today, they listen, and once I have their ear, then we can introduce the kingdom of God to them. So anyways, that's what happened, and eventually I ventured into business. Um, as you are well aware, I have um, a legal consultancy firm called Loyal Solutions. That's what I'm doing currently. And very soon I'll be working for one of the government's parastatals. I can't speak about it for now. So I'll be doing both entrepreneurship, business and corporate. So that's really my journey. That's where I'm from um, to try summarize it. <laughs> listen, God is so faithful. If I listen to you, all I can say is God is so faithful. And I love how you speak about the fact that you being an attorney is just the platform that God has yeah. created for you. I mean, we can go on and on about your testimony. I mean, we're talking multi-billion rand deals, like you said, representing mining companies, and now you're moving into government as well. But I want you to speak just for a minute or two on using your corporate position for evangelism, because a lot of people feel like if you are called to be an evangelist or you're called to be in ministry, it means you can cannot be in the corporate world as well. But I firmly believe um, in marketplace ministry, which is one of the roles that you fulfill as well. Talk to us about that. So a, a lot of people and, you know, myself included, a lot of ministers, when we speak about the kingdom of God, we speak about uh, God in the context of the church, of ministry, and we neglect the marketplace. And we forget that in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, the first thing that God wanted Adam to do was to find work. He said, here's a garden. I want you to tend to this garden. I want you to, then he says, I want you to subdue, you know, I want you to subdue and multiply and replenish. That is work. He gave him work, not a job. Job is attached to a salary, but work is attached to purpose. Mm. That's why the Bible says on the seventh day, God rested from his work, not mm. from his job, but from his work. God has works and wants us to work you know, and work is attached to purpose. So God then places Adam and gives him the mentality of the marketplace. God doesn't say to Adam, right, I will put other people here and I want you to tell them about me. I want you to evangelize. I want you to have a ministry. I want you to tell people. And no, he says, work, girl. <laughs> he yes. says, work, my guy. That's what you need to do. You have to, the Bible in the book of um, Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hands find to do, do it. Then he says, I'll command a blessing. Amen. On your hands. He says, he'll bless the works of our hands. If your hands don't have anything to do, he can't command a blessing. So I'm not saying if you're in full-time ministry, not working. No, that is your work. But we need to fully understand as well the grace God has attached to the marketplace. You'll remember in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says there were four rivers that fed it. God is speaking about streams of income. He's saying, make sure you are replenished from different income. That's the marketplace. So we need to understand that God's design for man is in the marketplace. It's in ministry, but within the context, the marketplace is what 
um, if I could put it in simply, the marketplace is what rejuvenates or what sustains for the word of God or the ministry. If you want to have a revival, you need to buy a tent. Who's going to buy that tent? Amen. Exactly. The marketplace will fund it. So I think that's very important to understand that you can do both ministry and you can do both uh, ministry and the marketplace. God and market, the marketplace is a God idea. You yes. know, it's one of his ideas he shows us in Genesis. And so we can't, we have to teach about that more. Uh, you are still listening to Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit. We are joined by Kanye Zungu. And Kanye, as I said earlier, you are a successful entrepreneur. What advice do you have to women who are starting out in business on building a successful kingdom-minded, kingdom-based business? Okay, you know, there are a lot of things, but I'll really try to summarize to uh, one or two. The first one, you need to trust trust in what God has put on the inside of you. If it's God's will, it's God's will. He'll fund what he has said. That's very important. You need to seek God, understand God is this way, is this my path. And when he gives you the green lights, then you need to know you've already been given the grace for it. So don't even worry. Yes, it doesn't mean you won't cry. You'll cry. People won't pay you. You know, I've had months where my, my, my people, my clients just don't pay me. I'm like, Lord, you said, and God said, you have the grace. I'll sustain you, baby girl. You have it in you. So if it's God's will, it's his will. You need to know that. And if God is saying, go for it, you need to trust. You cannot build if you don't know why you are, what you are building, why you are building and how to build. Have a plan. You must have a plan. You need to know how to do it, what to do. It. I always see people saying, the Lord has called me. I need to be in business, but I don't even know where to start. Start by putting it down. Write the vision on tablets, the Bible says, so a herald may run with it. There's an anointing in writing things down and physically writing things down. Write down a plan. Then go knock. Do you need funding? Go knock at the bank. You know, if God has given you the grace for it, he will open doors supernaturally. In Revelation, he says he opens doors that no man can close. So it's already in God's hands. Hands, you just need to do your part and God will do his. Then thirdly, I would say you need to learn. You need to learn from those who are ahead. You know, I know God has given you the grace. You may have gone to business school. You may know what to do, but learn from those ahead. You'll remember that God then disqualifies Saul and then anoints uh, David. But interestingly, David isn't immediately then placed, appointed as king. He's just anointed. Then what does God do? Saul is tormented by demons and he says, I need a very skilled minstrel who will play the harp that will calm these demons down because God will supernaturally cause people that you need to learn from to need you. Uh, And David then went into the palace. Why did he go into the palace? He went into the palace in the physical realm, in the natural. We see that he goes to the palace to play the harp or the lyre for Saul so he can be sued for King Saul. But supernaturally, God was placing David in the palace so he could understand kingdom etiquette. Yes. Now, he could not run a kingdom if he didn't sit in that palace and understand how does Saul carry himself? How does he stand up? How does he sit down? How does he relate to people? How does he communicate? How does he exercise wisdom in his authority ship? You know, or how does he do it? You know, mm-hmm. and God needed him to be there. Bear in mind, Saul was disqualified. He was no longer in the will of God. Mm. But David, David still needed to learn from Saul. I always say to Christians that don't think you can't learn from a Muslim. 
Don't think you can't learn from an atheist. The people who trained me to be the lawyer I am today were atheists. There were two atheists that didn't believe in what I believed in, but I still had it to I still had to glean from them mm. to understand kingdom etiquette. Mm. I still needed to listen to them to understand how to be a lawyer. Mm. How does a lawyer carry themselves? How do they speak? How do they draft? You know what I mean? So even with businesses, the same principle, you still need to learn from those who are ahead, whether or not they are Christian. I know, yes, preferably you want a, a fellow believer, but God will place other religions, right. will place atheists and other people that are worldly and secular. And you're like, what can I learn from this? You can learn because they are in a place you want to be. So avail yourself, open your mind, take off that mind that says, you know, this person is I have more grace than this, but just mm. take that off and learn. God mm. placed David there strategically and God will place you as strategically to just glean from a person who's already ahead. So mm. I think those are really the, the things I could share for a woman who wants to really build an empire. Very, very, very important um, advice there, Kanye. I want to ask you something about a post that you made. I don't know if it was a few weeks ago. Um, and I loved what you said. You were talking to women, and we know we are in Women's Month now, um, who places pressure on themselves to always be perfect, especially Christian women, to act like we've got it all together. Now, when I look at your Instagram, you've always seemingly have it all together i'm always so inspired when i see a post from kanye guys and i'm in bed i jump out of bed and i'm like girl you better do something get up um so it seems like you've got it all together but you said something you said listen you are not god's pr we don't always have to feel like if we um, fall apart in public or you don't have it all together that it's a bad reflection on god um what advice do you have for women specifically on releasing that pressure of perfection as a Christian woman? Hmm. You know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with, um, you know, especially when you, God has given you a platform, a public platform. And even those that do not have a public uh, platform per se, but within their community locally, you know, they're perceived as a Christian, they're perceived as a believer. Oh, so they must be perfect. And then you take on those perceptions and you place them on your shoulders. And then you start believing you are God's PR, you know, and I said it as a joke, but I actually mean it. You start thinking, no, I'm God's PR. God, when people see me, they see God. So God does not cry. God is not weak. God doesn't fail, so I can't be seen to fail. Do you understand that someone's healing is in the testimony you don't share because you are busy trying to be perfect for God? If you were perfect, you wouldn't need God. The Bible says, for all men have sinned and fall short, short mm -hmm. of the glory of God. If you were perfect and God wanted you to just exude perfection, amen, you wouldn't need Jesus. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's in the testimony of you being weak and in the testimony of you not having together, but having Christ holding you. The Bible says in him, we live and move and have our being yes. moving in Christ saying, no, I failed, but I'm still moving in Christ. I am weak, but in him, I am strong. I faced impossibilities, but with him, all things are possible. So I think we need to alleviate and we need to, we need to alleviate that pressure from ourselves. And we need to understand that God designed us knowing full well. The Bible says it's Alpha Omega. There's no end yes. in the original text. It's Alpha Omega, which means it starts, ends, ends, starts, starts and ends, and then starts, mm. ends. He already knew, 
you know, he already, the Bible says he knows the very hairs in your head. He already knew the course of life you mm. ought to take. You know what I mean? And if there are failures, then if there are detours there, he already knew. Amen. And I'm not saying go out there and broadcast everything out there. You know, I remember the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, you know, greetings, you'll be blessed and tells her that you, you have a child, Jesus, you ought to name Jesus, etc. And the Bible says Mary kept these things to herself. There are things you keep to yourself and there are things you, so I, I mustn't show you my wound, but I must show you my scar. Yes, there are yes. some things that are too fresh for you to share out there. Yes, if you share out there whilst you are still wounded, then you bleed on the people. So it's no longer a testimony, but they just see a hurt woman who's hurt and bitter and just they're like, you know, if this is what it is to be a believer, yeah, no, can God help you? They just see a wound. Don't show people that wound, show them a scar. Because mm-hmm. the scar says, I have healed, but this is my mark. This is my testimony. So go out there, show people your scar, show them your testimony. In Revelation, the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the power and the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. The testimony allows, it, it accesses women of God, a certain dimension mm-hmm. of release in the mm-hmm. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's, it, it, it just accesses. There are people who overcome just by hearing the testimony. Just by hearing your testimony, but make sure you don't bleed on them. Don't be, you need to heal. Joshua says to the people in Joshua, I think it's chapter three or five. Uh, no, I think it's three. He says, you cannot go to Canaan unless I circumcise you. After he circumcises uh, the Israelites, he then says to them, listen, I need you to first heal before we can cross. Mm-hmm. He, he could have literally said, all right, mm-hmm. get your things up. We're now crossing over. But he says, I need you to heal. I've circumcised you, heal, and then we can cross over. Because God cannot use a wounded soldier. God can use a healed soldier. Whenever in battle a, a soldier is wounded, how they do it is they take that wounded soldier to the back to mm-hmm. go and be treated. When they're okay, they come back. So don't go out and minister with your wounds and bleed on people. There's no testimony in that, but heal. And then come and show them your scar. Mm -hmm. And in that testimony, there's certain uh, overcoming that people will express just by listening to you. That's right. Uh, Can you talk to me very quickly about the Luke 638 Foundation um, that you're also involved in? I don't know how you get time for it all, but by the grace of God, you're doing it. Tell us about it. Okay, the Luke 638 Foundation is my special baby. Um, it was established uh, many years ago. I was still a student in university. I had just received Christ. I was eager to go evangelize and share the word. And I remember going into a squatter camp in Chesterville in Durban, which was close to my university, UKZN. I went into a squatter camp, very small house, spoke to a lady I told them Jesus loves them, God loves them, and they must accept Jesus. And the woman in Venex said, but I am hungry. Mm. And it dawned on me, it dropped on me, something dropped, you know. And the Spirit of the Lord said, you cannot go around talking about my love and not showing it. And I was translating to the scripture, you know, where Jesus says, you know, when Jesus says that, do not withhold from your relative. If you have something good, do not withhold from them. You know, and then it, it, it literally dropped on me. Then I said, okay, no, I need to make a plan for these people. Let's ask for donations, ask people to donate actual, whether it's a tin of fish or a tin of baked beans, whatever you can donate. And whenever we go evangelize, we also leave a food parcel. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not saying we're buying them with a food parcel, but we are saying 
God understands you. He's so real and imminent in your life that he even understands your very immediate needs. You know, Jesus, the Bible, if you read the gospels, it doesn't say he went about teaching and preaching. It says he went about teaching, preaching and healing all that were sick and casting up demons. Amen. Mm. Out of all of them who were vexed by demons. In other words, Jesus not only speaks the word, but he addresses your needs. Mm. You have an issue of blood, touch my garments. You know, I'll address your physical need. I'll feed your spirit. I'll speak the word to you, but touch my garment. But let me pray for you. Let me address your physical immediate needs. And some people, their needs are food. They mm. just need food. So that's how it started. It started when I was a student. And by the grace of God, it's just been sustained throughout all these years. And that's what we do. We have various outreaches in KZN and Kauteng, um, where it's really a poverty alleviation and a sanitary health-driven uh, ministry, but obviously within that opportunity, we share the word of God and we evangelize uh, through that ministry. It's Women's Month. Um, what is your message of encouragement for women? And those of you who are listening, and if you would like to get involved with the great work that Kanye is doing at the foundation, get your pen and paper ready, ready because we're going to share that information in a bit. But Kanye, what is your message to women of God in this season? Sure. God is, is doing something interesting. I, I had a dream. I had a dream where we were in a taxi and the taxi had a lot of women in the taxi in the dream. And I, some of the women I know, some I didn't know. And in the taxi, we are all introducing each, ourselves to each other. And I, in the, to the people that I know, I'd say, okay, this is the person I know. This is who they are. We just we were speaking and then we got to a point, we all in this taxi and we got to a point where there was a fence. We got to a point where there was a fence and they said, no, you've gone far enough. You're not going, you're not moving past the stage. And I remember the driver was a white lady, beautiful white lady and said, I need you guys to keep praying so we can actually get through this fence. And we kept praying and praying. And as we prayed, it felt like the, the text was being pushed by our prayers. And we went through the fence and then I was translated into a room and we're sitting in a room and me and these women were now sharing the word. And God said to me, he's making divine, he's making divine uh, interactions and encounters and networks. He is connecting women from all walks of life. Mm. Amen. Whether mm. it's in the marketplace or in mm. ministry, he's connecting as we're introducing each other in the taxi to each other. He's saying, as we introduce, we will be so connected as women in this time. We are in the shores of revival. And God is saying he's making supernatural networks and introductions. Mm. And as we move forward together, we will cause such havoc to the plans of the enemy and we'll have there'll be such a, a, a shift in the atmosphere as we club together in mm. prayer for starters, in love, but also in the marketplace yes. as we help each other and carry each other. We'll hit, we'll hit such a shaking that the enemy will put a fence and say, you've walked long enough, but you're not from this point, you can't go forward. But as we keep holding each other and we keep in communion and corporately pushed together, we'll protrude through. And that's yes. when then we are all sitting, reading the word. And so God is saying there'll be a conglomerate of women he'll be raising in the, all over the world. Women will just be clubbing together. Mm. So make sure you don't miss it. 
Make sure you don't miss that. Whenever God in these times is introducing you to a certain woman of God, amen, just ask him, why am I being introduced to this person? Whenever Mm -hmm. an opportunity in the marketplace opens up for you, ask yourself, Lord, why have you given it to me? Who should I also invite into this opportunity? This Mm -hmm. isn't a time to be selfish. This is a time to share. This is a time to share. This is a time to share opportunities, share wisdom. This is a time to encounter whatever you receive from God. Amen. You just connect to other people. And God says he will shake South Africa using the women networks he is creating. So make sure you are part of that. Make sure you are plugged into the vine. That is Mm. Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, we cannot do anything. Make sure you are inclined to the spirit of God. Hear what he is saying. If you have to fast, woman of God, God is just showing me somebody actually has to fast for seven days. They've been uh, prolonging it for so long. Fast for seven days. If he calls you a 21 day fast, a three day fast, whatever it is, fast. Right now, God wants to speak to you. God wants to open and avail certain opportunities. I see rain. There is rain that is coming. Amen. And women will be the first frontliners to receive it. But you need to make sure you are spiritually aligned and inclined to receive. So that's really the message I have. I know it's not a message from my heart, but it's mostly a message from the spirit. Mm. But I believe it will it will assist someone in these times. Oh, glory to God, man. I feel that in my bones. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, Kanye, today. There's so much more I would love to ask you, but we've run out of time. I appreciate you. We we salute you. We support you. And if there's anybody listening that would like to get involved with the Luke 638 Foundation, um, how do we do that? How do we get hold of you? All right, so I am usually available to the public on my social media uh, platforms. On Instagram, I am Kanye underscore Pearl underscore Zungu. If you want to follow the page, it is uh, Luke 6 underscore 38 Foundation, one word. Or you can email the foundation itself. It's, the email address is Luke6.38foundation at gmail.com. One word, luke 6 uh, 38foundation at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook. I am Kanye Pearl Zoom on Facebook. Whenever you DM me, I may not respond today, but I will respond uh, at some point. So yeah, you can get a hold of me there. Kanye, thank you so much. God bless you. And we are very excited for the next chapter in your life that you alluded to earlier. We'll be watching your social media, praying for you, covering you. Keep on doing what you've been called to do. And the Lord sustains you as you go out there and be an ambassador for the kingdom in the marketplace. We can't wait to see what God is going to do through you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Be blessed.